Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. Mikey Stafford here. Um, apologies for my voice. I don't know what's up with it. Jackie Terrell reckons I was cheering too much for Kilkenny, which is an outrageous slur. Um, Jackie's here with us as well as Rory, obviously, and we have Christy O'Connor on. Um, first off, Christy, apologies to you. I wanted to get you on, and I didn't really think about the fact you'd be on with a smug Kilkenny man. So apologies for that straight out of the gate. <laughs> don't panic at all. Like have to put up with certain stuff, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. He's not the worst of them, though, in fairness to him. No, he's okay, he's not too uh, bad, yeah. But, you know, that's a bit of a tallest dwarf contest, huh, Jackie, isn't it? No, no, I'm only joking. I'm very happy for Kilkenny and Brian Cody. They've It's been a it's been a long old way to get back to an All-Ireland final. What is it, three years? Jesus, it's uh, mm-hmm. it, it was a barren spell. Um, anyway, we'll get on to Kilkenny and Clare in a bit. I think, I think we'll have to start with yesterday's epic and... Um, Geez, we use the word epic and classic to discuss hurling matches a lot, but it's 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 hard to get away from it. Like they were level 10, 11 times, um, never more than a point in it until the last couple of minutes of of, of that second half. Um, Christy, I, I know you were there, and I think as impressed as we all were with Limerick and how they kind of they, I, I dug it out, um, looking ahead to an All Ireland final in two weeks, Kilkenny would have to be looking at Galway's kind of you know shot conversion rate of about 50% and saying, well, if we improve on that, this Limerick team are giving away chances, aren't they? Yeah, it was like 46 shots, 48%, Mikey. But, um, like, you know, from a Gala perspective, and I think from everybody even looking on, that there's definitely signs that, like, there were Limerick almost there for the take and 15 to go. Like, there was a few, was unforced errors and mistakes that you normally wouldn't see. But, look, it's just a sign of the great team they are, that they could find a way to win the game. And, um, just, you know, like a lot of their big guns, like they're four, they're starting forwards, taking off. Like, you know, when when, when have you seen that before? Like, even Seamus Flanagan, incredible in the Munster final. Maybe six possessions, five possessions, three shots, two scores. But, um, you know, to, to, just I suppose to do it in that manner is probably even more satisfying again. But um, I look at their defence was incredible. Like, Sean Finn was unbelievable again. Um, Barry Nash, like Declan Hannan, super stuff. Um you know, like David Reedy coming on, six possessions, three shots and assists. You know, in fairness to Reedy, like you know, Barry Cleary's had that stat, like you know, in the examiner recently, where he's just one of the he's one of these assist machines where he comes in, like to bring him in after 55 minutes, kind of almost drives him over the line. He's at something like eight or nine shot involvements in, in his when he's on the pitch, like but um, but he like you know, to him at that point as well, and he's calling this morning that he's like, he's a class player, like he's very very comfortable shooting, good free taker. Very skillful, like you know, um, you know, you'd be comfortable seeing him on in front of the post, like later on. So, yeah, look at the, the I still think they're creaking a bit, um, you know, like Claire rattled them twice, um, like I just felt yesterday with with Galway, like they, you know, the, you know, you can't, you're just not gonna get away, Mikey, with that amount of, of wides and that amount of missed chances, um, against Limerick, like you went to double digits, you're in trouble, you go to 19, you're serious, serious trouble, like and. 48% against 62, like, only going to be one winner there. But look at fair play to Limerick. They're on the cusp of three in a row now. Um, but look at, they're coming up against the, <laughs> the one crowd that will absolutely relish this stuff. Like, and, uh, Big time. You know, like, like, from, from, from a Kilkenny perspective as well, like, 
you know, you'd have to say like that um Cody's team of the two thousands are the greatest team of all time, no question about it. Um and like Limerick are in that conversation now, like okay, that that great Kenny team won four, Jackie's team nearly won five, won six in seven years. Like Limerick have um going for three and uh, four and five years, going for three in a row, um and make no mistake about it, like Kenny don't want to see that happening as well as you know, Cody never needs any motivation to win the All Ireland every year. Um, but to kind of almost uh you know, protect almost the legacy of the guys that uh that inspire these players. Um I look at TJ and some of these lads played with Jackie and all those lads. Um they really, really want to put a uh stop to this Limerick machine. So look, it's gonna be a fascinating final. And if if Kilkenny play as well as they played last Saturday, it might be it's gonna take a serious, serious Limerick performance to beat them. Absolutely. Um to, to stick with the Kilkenny team, um Jackie Earl Mucker, Henry Shefflin, he'll be he'll be pulling his hair out this morning, I would imagine, for because he'll be so proud of his team and like the way they battled and the way they defended and the way they, they came back from a shock and start. He'll know that the raw materials is there to win in all Ireland. But again he'll be coming back to just the amount of wides, the amount of chances they missed, and he'll just it'll it'll be driving him insane, I'd imagine. It will, Mikey, because it was there for them and the amount of work that they had to do, first of all, to get to an All-Ireland semi-final, but to have Limerick on the racks coming down the straight. I mean, they had a terrible start, 6-1 down, looked like they were in serious trouble at the back, but somehow their leaders just settled it down. Top Hodgman Mannion in the first half in particular was outstanding. Uh, Cotton Mannion came to the fore. Tom Monin was brilliant. Uh, Dahi Burke started to, to to get on top of the back and they just slowly clawed their way back in. So they're, they're serious character there, they're serious resilience, but they, the, the wide count is just the killer. And even you think back at Conor Cooney had a free in the first half, uh, a simple enough routine free that he just missed. They're the ones that will really irk them. And, and look, in his first year building, and you'd like to think they have a huge foundation to build, but there's no guarantee they'll get back there again. There's no guarantee they'll get another shot at Limerick and have them on the racks and as Chrissy said, we've seen unforced errors out of Limerick that we've never seen. You know, missing rises, coughing up possession when they just never do. Four of their starting forwards uh, taken off, and particularly the two half forwards, which we've never really seen both being taken off. And Shane Flanagan, after 10 minutes, didn't really have a huge influence on the game. So they had them, they had them in a the corner. They had them in a the corner. But like all great teams, someone else steps up. It was Aaron Galan yesterday with six points. It was Kyle Hayes with those crucial two scores at that period. But I think yesterday was a, a tip of the hat to the backs. I thought they were absolutely outstanding. I thought Sean Finn had a performance for the age. Mike Casey was outstanding. Barry Barry Nash got a point in the fourth in the uh, in the second half. Some score. Oh man! <laughs> if anyone else gets that score, they're talking about. But sure, look, the cornerbacks we never get the credit for. Them, but. <laughs> You never got credit for your, your scores, did you, Jackie? <laughs> well, is he well, you know, right? I hate the same height as Barry, but it wouldn't be going over the bar. It's <laughs> <laughs> coming down on Larks or something. But I thought it was an amazing, amazing score at a key time as well. Um, you know, so it, it, it's it's there's a lot for Galway to be positive about, but you don't get too many chances with this Limerick team. And they had him in a position where they they, they, they they could have seen it out and, and they didn't. And Henry said it in his interview after the match. So when they went one point up, he just felt a couple of times they needed to go two up just to put a bit of daylight between them and keep the momentum. But Limerick just hung in there. 
kept breaking their momentum where they were building scores. Um, and they're, they're just an awesome, awesome team. Like, you know, and it, it probably, if you look as a team of 15, it probably was their, I won't say poorest performance. Their marquee guys, a lot of their guys just weren't out of yesterday, but still they find a way to win. Yeah. Rory, on that point, you'd be watching it yesterday and there was moments when like the, the short hand passing and like the Limerick team have as a group taken on the brick flick as a, as the alternative to a hand pass it's becoming more and more obvious at times it was very fluid but for a lot especially in the second half you got the impression they weren't kind of they weren't following a set plan or they weren't trying to get a man free they're just desperately trying to escape Galway players and it all like a lot of that kind of interplay around the middle looked very messy and kind of frantic and like it broke down on occasion and that's very interesting because that hasn't happened to Limerick in the last two and a half seasons we haven't seen them I suppose flustered would be the word for it and like Galway just harried them all over the pitch yeah, and I think um, huge credit to Galway because they. we mentioned last week, I think Derek McGrath said that Galway will bring a performance and they will play well and might not just be enough to win. And like that's kind of what happened. I think Galway deserve, can take an awful lot out of it, but I'd agree as well. I think Jackie's spot on. Like It will feel like an opportunity missed. I was looking as the play was unfolding second half. I think, again, I stand to be open to correction here. I think they only got their second point from play in the 61st minute. They didn't sc- Limerick didn't score for the first 10 minutes after halftime. And that's such a crucial period in every match. They got no score at all. I mean, I was looking at the clock at one stage. It was, the clock hit 45 minutes and Limerick were still on 16. And I turned around to the graphics person next to me and said, wasn't it 16-12 at halftime? And so Limerick haven't scored. It was, it was just very, I think Limerick were there for the taking and they found a way. Uh, I 100% agree in that there were, and I mentioned this to actually to Shane Dowling. I said, do you think Limerick are playing well? I, this was during a commercial break. I said, do you think Limerick are playing well here? Because there were passages of absolute classic Limerick where they moved the ball through the lines and they had that fluency of hand pass here, offload here, man in space, strike over the bar. But there was loads of different parts of it where it did break down. And I think Galway deserve an awful lot of credit on that in terms of the way they Obviously, got their matchups right. They made sure they went man to man all over the field. They gave no, uh, they didn't really get, they actually gave up a few puck outs short. They seemed to be happy enough, uh, mm. particularly in the first half, and just kind of wait. And re, um, but I, I, I think Galway will take a lot. I think Jackie's spot on. It will feel like an opportunity missed because you just no guarantee you'll get back there. But just massive credit to Limerick again. I mean, to find a way when all of your forwards really haven't hurled in with the same kind of fluency that we would normally associate with them. Still rack up 27 points, by the way. Didn't really create a goal scoring opportunity, barred a shot from Garrod Hagerty at one stage, which was a good distance out and again, a really good block. I think was it by Finton Burke or maybe it was, it was Grealish. Jack Grealish. It was Grealish, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, like, I mean, that would probably be a small bit of a worry in that, like, you know... You do need like it's not every day you're going to like I don't I don't see Limerick scoring twenty seven points against Kilkenny like you know so they but at the same time I think look ultimately they're in the final mm. and what an all Ireland final we're going to have mention the Limerick forwards I think one does deserve mention Christy um, Aaron Galan I don't know if I've ever seen a more efficient corner forward he very rarely wastes a possession. He very rarely takes any more than the touches he needs out of the ball. And like there was one, there was a, there was a super slow-mo, thanks for that one, Rory, of one of his points in the second half yesterday where he controlled it on the hurl while getting oh, yeah. bursts across the thumb and just 
it just just spun lovely into his hand mm. and he turned he knew he didn't look at the goalposts and it was just straight over and we're becoming used to him doing this but he does it every time he like he doesn't miss like obviously he has the odd wide but he's phenomenal i'm just trying to think is there anyone like who's more who can live off you know fewer possessions than aaron galan and still contribute six points from play yeah big time mikey like was 10 possessions like uh 10 shots so some of those were free eight scores um but he's probably the ultimate um, example of like the you know the pattern recognition uh, that Limerick played to like you know whereby you know like everybody knows like like you know Limerick are the most predictable team in the country like everybody has studied them to death um, everybody knows exactly what they're going to do which you know trying to stop it is the big thing like and you know the way they just like they they trying the ball out of midfield out of the half back line they get short. You know, runners coming off the angle and then it's literally that ball into Flanagan. It's like you even look at Flanagan's numbers last year and say, on like, you know, Corcus fully that coming up to the final where, you know, of the right side of the G's conversion rate, something like 80%, it was like less on the other side. So they they know where he wants the ball. Same with the land, just outside his shoulder. And just he's he's um economy, like you know, one touch over his shoulder, bang. Um he's just unbelievable player, like, but um yeah, like he like that that score that you're talking about, like Dye, like you know, Dye didn't make it easy for him, left a bit in, and um, you know, still like if you watch the ball, actually when he touched the ball, you can see the ball in the slow mo that's actually spinning up, which is you know, real sign of a class touch. Like that ball is obviously coming at it's kicking off the top, real pace, kills it, you know, into his hand and straight over, like um yeah, just like unbelievable economy. But like if you look at Flanagan's wants to find like that's that for you know his eight scores like he was in possession for twelve point one seconds like for the eight shots like the eight scores just like off the chart stuff like that's that's the modern game like it's just you know like the, it's the cornerbacks now that actually the guys that have the possessions like Sean Finn had what eighteen possessions Barry Nash had sixteen I think um Mikey Casey had seventeen eighteen like the, like a lot of goals are coming off the short pucker and I know they're not all coming off the short pucker but yesterday you could see Gaul and clearly wanted to shut down. Casey and Nash, or sorry, Nash and Finn on the short puck and they gave it to Mikey Casey. But you saw the way Limerick uh, evolved, like and the way they develop. And like Mikey Casey took some of those puck outs in the first half, nearly on the 45, and um, you know it was one of those balls that he played on the second ball was a score. Um, didn't get a whole lot more off off it after that. Like, but that's that's the one thing about Limerick. Like they're always looking to see, you know, where's the potential to exploit, or where's the potential that you know a team are giving up space or they're giving up opportunities and. That's exactly what they do. What that's what Kinnerk will do for the final. He look at that game the last day, and um, you see where they can attack the Kenny. And you, you know he spoke about the lack of goals, Mikey, but like they hadn't scored goals coming into the final last year either, and they just they cut loose. Like I know some of the Cork defending was poor stuff, like but you know they got three goals, could have had four or five. So they'd find something. Or they're going to have to find something. I think the big thing that like Jackie can maybe come in here on this, like that. You know I think the big thing. Um, from Kilkenny's perspective, going into Saturday was like they had that four-week break, and Kilkenny have always been comfortable with that time. Um, you know they've always used it well. They were in a training camp, um, and like the two-week break, like it, it does change it up. Like if you've any bit of a knock or any bit of an injury, like you know you really are struggling, and you know you don't really know, Mikey, until maybe not today or tomorrow how guys are, whether they can train, um, you know this week or you know because next week really you're going to be winding it down. So like I don't know, like like. What like I just like to ask Jackie like what would you do if you're Limerick now like do do you take the foot off the gas this week do we let guys recharge like they they know how how um 
this stuff works. They're going into a final again, the fourth in five years. You know, do you just take it down now and, and, and almost like do hardly anything in the next two weeks? Or do, do you just, okay, go heavy Thursday, go heavy Sunday, and then wind it down? But I don't know. Like, I, think it, I think that's going to be a big one for Limerick because there's no question that they are leaking a bit of gas. Like, and I think mm-hmm. like, if Galway were more clinical yesterday, like that game was, you know, if Kenny were there yesterday, they'd have absolutely won that game, no question. Yeah, what do you think, Jackie? Because also there's the the, the you know kind of the the puzzle of Peter Casey and Keane Lynch, who obviously Lynch, weren't yeah. up to the speed of the game, so they they need they need, they need yeah. something. But a lot of the lads probably need, as Christy says, little or nothing. Yeah, Christy, it's a tricky one two weeks because next week you're not going to have any really huge intense stuff. It's just going to be sharpening. It's just going to be focusing the mind. Um, it's just, just going <clears> to <throat> head down, but. This is the week that you're going to do on. So look, you have to assess. And it's a little different because with all due respect, Kilkenny had the toughest of games on Saturday. They have an extra day of recovery. I see that their media night booked in for Wednesday night. So I'd say Kilkenny could go away for a few days, maybe the weekend, and have one really tough, intense session then, and then taper off for the following week. Limerick, like that was some epic battle yesterday. Like the, the physicality, the hits. I watched lads coming off that pitch yesterday. They were exhausted. They were on their knees. So John Kiley will have to, you know, this is where the SNC stuff comes in. And this is the stuff that Limerick generally get right. So did Kilkenny. But I would feel they will need some sort of a, a, a pitchy session. And I mean pitchy session. It, it, it could be short and snappy. And I know Kilkenny like to do it where they could have one session and it could be three. It could be a game scenario. So it could be three sets of maybe six minutes in it. But by God, for those six minutes you're in the red zone for the six minutes and you can just get enough out of that to keep the temperature hot and, and, and give your guys enough to keep them at that level. Look, looking at Keane Lynch and Peter Casey, yes, it, it was, it's very hard to come into that. I know David really did, but he's kind of used to that mentality of coming in and hitting the ground running. Did it, I won't say they struggled, but they didn't really have an influence on it. So I'd say John Kiley would be anxious to get them minutes this week. Um, and I would say Limerick would definitely have maybe one, maybe maybe two really tough sessions and then just take the foot off the gas next week. Just wrap your lads in cotton wool because um, he's going to need Keane next week. He's going to need Peter Casey. Um, and just listen to, 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 to Christy. I, thought, I, I just have it in my head. I don't know what it is, but anytime I look at Limerick and how they distribute the ball to their attack, and look, Christy's right, they're so predictable in, in what they do, but they just do it so well. But in my head, they always more or less have two definitely inside in the full forward line. But this, and I'd love to see the numbers on it, maybe just not, they seem to pepper the left side of that defence. The ball, like you think of Aaron Galan, he nearly always scores from that corner of it, from, we say, the left cornerback position, whether it's in Hill 16, the majority of their scores, they wheel into that corner and they wheel around. I just think a cornerback, if you're marking someone, and I was watching Dahi Burke, and a lot of the time he started behind Aaron Galan, and once he gets in front, it generally sticks. I think you need to take a chance. I think you need to start on the outside of them um, and just be touch tight, watching the ball and watching the play and, and dart to that corner. Because all you need is parity. All you need is beside him to just flick it away. But if you're a foot behind him, he's so good with that touch in front. And once he gets it in his hand, it's this lovely wheel of motion and it's striking over his shoulder. And I just think that's the best way to go about this guy. Yeah. But, it, but isn't he great at catching the ball behind you as well then, Jackie? That's, and, and that's, Russian, that's Russian roulette. And that's where you would have a, a Richie Reid or your goal to say, look, I'm going to hedge on his left-hand side. So if they go high, I might need you. I might mm. 
you know, and and because the alternative is is do what Cork did last year and just stay behind them and for what parts of Dahi Burke did yesterday, I just think you're going to lose there. So it's all out of the final time. All the bets are off. If it's me and I'm left, left corner back, I'm talking to my full back and I say, lads, I'm going to hedge on the left. I'm going to go a couple of times. And maybe if you do that twice and get out in front and win that ball, maybe Declan Hannon and Dara Donovan when they get that ball, they might be so quick to, to hit that ball to that corner going, lads, Aaron, Aaron really is not today. He's not out in front. I've never seen it being done, but I've seen the same predictable stuff of staying behind your man. And look, it's it's easy to say it, but like, I just think, ask a different question. You know, stand out in front from a couple of yards. And if it is a hit in high, look, you just got you to gotta, gotta play that position as well and maybe practice that this week. Yeah. Um, on that, Jackie, yeah, I, I do think, sorry, Mikey, I do think that that's the one thing that does separate Limerick. Like, <clears> they're <throat> in game management and I suppose this is where Canert's real value comes in, like, that, you know, and you can see what Limerick are doing, like, you know, like, one stage I saw, like, Canert told Timmy Hooland to come out and he said to give instruction to Sean Finn later on. Um, you know, they'll use, the, they'll use the doctor, they'll use the physio to get messages on. Like, you know, they, they spot this stuff, like, that they're, like, you're so clued in on that, on, on that stuff, right? And, you know, like, if a guy is marking from the outside, like, you know, will they tell Flanagan to push over the far side? Will they try and open up that D bit more for Glenn and then get a runner coming off him? Like, it's just, like, they're... But like Jackie's right, like it, 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 that's that's the thing. Like you know, do, do you do you cut out that that option? You know, which is maybe four or five points for Galat potentially. You know, do you take a chance? We'll look at we we'll hope we we'll see if we can hold out. Um, like because that's the one big advantage that Kenny have here now. Like because Hugh Lawler's in the form of his life, Mikey, Unbelievable. Mikey the form of his life. Unbelievable. Like, you know, and even even um like Lawler, the last imperious in the year. Like and look at the killer stat for 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 the game on Saturday was um. Tony Kelly, Peter Duggan uh, combined seven possessions. Hugh Lawler and Mikey Butler combined twenty-eight possessions. Like just, mm. you know, off the chart stuff. Like and like, but in fairness to the two lads, like they've been excellent all year, even through the league. Like you know, like Lawler when he was fit, Butler, you know, they've been superb all year. The two of them, like so, like Limerick aren't going to get it all the way in there now. Like and that's 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 a uh, that's that's where Kinnerk will 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 you know maybe Limerick can decide to run the ball a bit more. Um. You know, maybe they they they'll, they'll just look to, to to change it up a bit because that's what they do. Like they're predictable. They they know exactly what they want to do, but they know they're going to have to do something different the next day because they're going to be um. Well, look at Dai Burke is an unbelievable player, incredible player. But um, like Lawler, like even you could see it in the in the Leinster final. Um, now I know that the quality of ball going into Conor Whelan was desperate stuff in the second half, but like. If there's any bit of Lawler's any bit of a chance at all to spoil or to you know to break it down, like you know, Whelan's kind of Whelan's last shot in the list of final was a 40 44 minutes. Now, I know a lot of that was down to the supply, but a lot of that was down to you Lawler as well, just absolutely all over Whelan and just never getting him a chance to, to get in, into range. Yeah, Chrissy, can I can I ask the question? And I'm very interested in it. Do you have a stance on Finton Burke's positions? Because I, I, I'd love to know because I feel like he did an unbelievable job yesterday as a wing back. I feel like he didn't hit a whole lot of ball. Seven and possessions, Jackie. Manny? Seven. Seven stats for a half-back. You're talking about cornerbacks having stats of 18. He hit the ball seven times yesterday. Garrett Haley was taken off. I don't know, did he have a point or he had a shot for a point? He had a point, yeah. He had a point with seven possessions and Garrett Haley, the hurler of the year, was taken off. <laughs> like I, and you have a cornerback there for a limit with 18 possessions, you know. Mm. I, I think that's amazing. Like, you know, and he did, as I say... I watched him close. He was stuck in Hagerty. Absolutely yeah. buried in him. He didn't give him time to read. And in fairness, Hagerty won some good ball early on. 
what I just thought he did a marvellous job in seven, seven positions. Yeah. Down for a half-back. Yeah, about uh, 12 positions, three shots, uh, one scoring. Jesus. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Rory, I suppose... It's but, just the way the game has gone, lads. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like no, you're right. Uh, Rory, I was just going to say, like, we're talking about the Limerick full forward line and what they'll do. Like, Graham Mulcahy is, is beloved by John Kiley and very hard working, but you would imagine if Peter Casey comes through the next couple of training sessions, he has to be considered a start because in John Kiley's mind will be what he did in the last Ireland final before he blew out his knee. So um, there are options there. And even after David what we Reedy, saw... Even, even David Reedy coming <clears throat> into the middle eight gives him the option of maybe pushing Kyle further up in, you know... Yeah. Um, I'd like so very unlikely to be the same the same six starting. You'd have to say. Well, well, I think Christie's point not unreasonable there. Just given Hugh Lawler, I was actually looking at because I like I know the lads gave TJ Reid man of the match and look, you like there was a few, but like uh, Hugh Lawler, oh my god! I actually I was curious because I started to go back and I went through all the games that Kilkenny have played this year. His man has been taken off in every match bar one. You know, and like he's come, he's up against like by and large is nearly always the best player that he's marking. Yeah. He's unbelievable, an unbelievable fullback. And when you have that sort of solidity, you know, around around your own square, it just gives the team such a brilliant platform and un, un, unbelievable confidence. But I think from a, a Limerick point of view, they have loads of options. I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be worried from their point of view about the form of Graham Mulcahy, and even if it even if he does come back to a sort of an impact sub role I still think he'll he'll give them something if they need it yeah I think I, I think that's what I mean I think Graham Mulcahy is more suited to coming in in the second half and as mm. I said Peter Casey is kind of fish out of water territory for him but um, we won't cry for John Kiley's no. decisions that he has to make in the next fortnight you, yeah but you would wonder though at the <clears> same <throat> time like the match sharpness that's going to be required like they have been out injured for a while even Keen Lynch himself as great a player and all as he, as he is you know, like it takes a while, I'd say, to get up to the pitch of it, certainly at that level. And I'd be shocked if either of them started the final, but you never know. Hmm. Um, OK, it seems like we're kind of drifting towards talking about Kilkenny here. So so let's let, let's get on to it, Jackie. And um, sorry, Christy, it was coming eventually. Uh, there weren't too many outside. Um, well, there were probably a few. There was, weren't too many outside Kilkenny and people like me who suffer from Stockholm syndrome, Jackie, who actually thought Kilkenny were going to win this match. But then about 10 minutes into it, you, you kind of knew it was one of those days. Like, we know you pretty well now, Jackie. You're an awful nice fella. You're, you're very sound. You're, you're very, you're, you're a polite, nice guy. But we all know what you were like on a hurling field. Um, <laughs> and this Kilkenny team are kind of, they've got to the, they've, uh, and that's a compliment. They've got to the kind of pitch of it for Brian Cody again now. These lads, this is kind of his third or fourth team. They've obviously been fed a diet of raw meat for the last couple of years. And uh, they're wait, there wait, now. Wait. Mikey, sure, sure, they, sure. Christy mentioned they went to in a training camp. I said the training camp was Nolan Park. Was... <laughs> <laughs> they just slept on the pitch. <laughs> Nolan House. Yeah, but, but, but Jackie, they, the, my point is they you see it with this team now, what we saw with your team, this kind of, you know, you lose your hurl, doesn't matter, block, block the man with your head, this kind of, you know, Mikey Butler's ability to like just kind of snuff out Tony Kelly for 70 minutes and probably snuff out Tony Kelly's chance of being hurler of the year and just like just like it was well analyzed last night on the Sunday game but from like 1 to 15 and the subs they're there now they're this is the kind of team Brian Cody wants and it seems to and I don't think this was the team he had at the start of the Leinster round robin we're seeing we're seeing a development into kind of 
a proper Kilkenny team as the season goes on. Yeah, it's definitely an evolving team. And I thought Liam Sheedy, I met him Sunday morning, I thought he had a, he, he got a great statement about Kilkenny. He said, they always show up with their overalls on. <laughs> great analogy as regards they're always ready. they always show up ready to work ready to yeah. dig it out some days it doesn't go from but they will they will fight to nail for it and, that, and that's kind of the hallmark of it and like you, you you look at certain players you look at Mikey Butler uh, you look at what Adrian Mullen does now from a work rate point of view Paddy Deegan Paddy Deegan like he's just moulded these lads um, you know Tommy Welsh for a while was kind of in now the team now he's just a really Good cornerback, very quiet, very unassuming, but goes around his business really good. The development of Hugh Lawler, what he's done with Richie Reid. Like that's a, he's a sub-goalie five years ago, and now he's centre-back captain and one of the most pivotal lads on our team and so important. So that's what Brian does, and sometimes it takes a while. Um, you know, and, and even the tune he's getting now, Wally coming off the bench. Uh, Porrick started. I thought he did reasonably well. Did a, got, did a lot of work. Um, but yeah, I suppose we probably didn't really hear so much of the outside noise because we were we couldn't really see or hear anything through the long grass that we were in with. <laughs> yeah, TJ got that in there, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he like, enjoyed that. Christy, we had, um, Owen Ryan wrote a piece for our website at the weekend just kind of about Cody's kind of faith in, in youth and we were talking about it on the podcast here about how, you know, it's hard to predict the Kilkenny 15 and Cody addressed that. Um, I can't imagine he was listening to the podcast or read an article. I don't think he does any of that. But he did say people, I, he kind of gave the impression he's aware that people are kind of puzzled by the fact that he doesn't have a settled 15 as he did in the past. And he said, I don't want a settled team. He said, I want a, I want a level squad. I want a squad where three or four guys can come out for three or four other guys, depending on how they go in training. And we know he always plays such an onus on training and such a, gave it such value. But now it seems to be a case where things are fluctuating and, and maybe guys' form is up and down in a way it wasn't before, but not much bothers Brian Cody. This doesn't seem to bother him. And as Jackie says, Pork Walsh did reasonably well. Uh, the evidence of the last year and a half, two years is reasonably well for Pork Walsh isn't enough to guarantee that he'll be starting in an All-Ireland final. Yeah, look, I suppose the, the great lines from Cody, Mikey, is like, it's not a settled team, it's a settled spirit. Like, and... Um... And I think in fairness, like, you know, that there were, you know, I obviously don't know as much as maybe what, what people down there would know. Like, but there was talk, like, after the, the Salt Hill game that there was a bit of a rift, like, that, you know, that the Valley Hale boys weren't maybe as happy with um with Cody as, you know, the whole Henry dynamic, like, and, you know, so, so maybe so, some stuff that went on, like. And, um, had you heard about this, Jackie? I did. I had. Um, look, I didn't order to believe some of it, any of it, all of it. Um. But it seems like it's kind of galvanised Kilkenny since then, really. I know against Wexford, they didn't produce a great performance. But it definitely has. And, and I think what Chris was touching on, the influence of this Ballet Hale contingent was Kilkenny team in key pivotal positions. And, and that was a question going into the game. You know, who would step up with TJ? In the Leinster final, it was TJ from freeze and, and he won so much ball Adrian Mullen from midfield. But you had Owen Cody yesterday. You had... Um, you know, you had Wally coming off the bench. Uh, you did so many lads working. So um, I, I think that has kind of really together. Yeah. Um, we have you back, Christy. The, yeah, this, that's quite all right. This happens. This is, uh, this is be be bedroom podcasting at its finest. Um, yeah, Jackie said, you know, he kind of, he'd heard, you know, he heard that as well, this kind of idea of the Ballyhale rift. If there was one, the performances of those lads on Saturday would suggest that yeah. it's been well and truly healed. That was it, Mikey. Like, if you just look at the four lads, like, it was 
you know, like Richie Reed, like as, as Jackie said, like to go from a sub keeper to like, you know, like what, 24 possessions on Saturday, 14 in the first half, like, you know, brilliant sweeping job. Um, distribution, like, you know, radically improved from what it was maybe earlier in the year. Um, like TJ is just, TJ is like, just, he, he has to like be in the conversation as one of the greatest of all time. Like, yeah. one, like you know, um, like in the first half in particular, like he four assists, um, you know, got a score. Like, you know, did, I, I think he won possession maybe for 30 minutes in the second half, but he was involved in a, you know, involved in winning a free, uh, didn't, wasn't directly involved, was kind of just scavenging on the break and then two points from three shots later on. Um, and he's free taking, like, I think. Like TJ's free take. If you look at the stats, Mikey, in terms of the last two games, right? Now he scored. He scored 19, or is it? Yeah, 19 from 20 shots, right? But I think that actually could be 20 from 20 because the, the one he missed in the Leinster final, he went to Hawkeye, and it said that Hawkeye data was unavailable. So data was available. <laughs> it was probably a score like, like that. Like that's a hundred. You can say a hundred TJ was too good for Hawkeye. <laughs> exactly. Like, but like, to, to to have a guy like that. Like, and the other thing as well is, like, the Corklands won't want to hear this, like, that, you know, I don't know if Pat Horgan is going to come back next year. He has the scoring record now, but TJ comes back next year, he'd have that in the bag by, by early rounds in Leinster. Like, you know, he, I don't know, I haven't looked at his numbers yet, but he's probably that shape down. I'd say he's within, he's probably within 20 points of Hoggy, right? So, I don't know if Hoggy's going to go back next year. Um, you get that in the final, Christy. We <laughs> <laughs> haven't, haven't even been buddy into twenty twenty two. So, like he's just like um, he's just uh, he's one of the all time greats. But to go back to finish off the question about the Valley Hill, it's like Mullen, you know, five points from six shots. Um, like Owen Cody, like an unbelievable score. Probably the score the weekend in the first half. Mm-hmm. Set the tone early. Got three points in the first half. Could have had a goal. Brilliant save from Ava Quilligan. So yeah, but like, but to go back even to, to even to prior to that question, Mikey. Like you know, like you looked at during the league, like Parik Walsh and, and Walter Walsh were, were two. Like they really were like unbelievable stuff during some of the league games, like especially that night against Dublin. Um, and you know, like Parik, I suppose at this stage, you could see it on Saturday. You know, obviously a lot of miles on the clock. Maybe ran out of gas a bit, like but still ran into into the ground, worked hard. Um. You know, and then this is what this is to go back to what, what we said about Cody to set the spirits, not to set the team. And you know, like look look at the competition that's gonna be there now for, for places for the final. Like and um just yeah, it's 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 to Kenny are exactly where Cody wants them to be, exactly where they always were in the past or that we can say all about to mention that not to mention that the Kenny were brilliant on Saturday. Like their movement, I thought it was the, the movement was the best it's been all year by considerable distance. We're so slick, the conversion rate in the first half is off the charts, it was like was it like 82% or something compared to Clare 28? You know, which Clare never got their shooting range at all. Like, but mm-hmm. Kenny were like, you know, they were just so good. And we heard those stories, like they were so happy with how their training had gone. The rebound was a bit taken aback, but how well they were playing and training, how well it had gone. So, yeah, they're, they're in a great position, um, lads. And he said they're, they're coming up now against the standard, like, but... <laughs> Kilkenny deep they're, down they're, there, they're, 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 the they're the standard. They're the standard. Yeah. Kilkenny are like dead taxes in Kilkenny hurling. I mean, you, you, you they're, they're, their sheer bloody mindedness and belligerence, Mikey, would nearly have you rooting for them at this stage. <laughs> ne- <laughs> nearly, Jackie, right? <laughs> we, 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 won't, we won't go that far, right? But I mean, 
something that I always, I mean, it was it was very evident again on Saturday night. And I know, look, maybe it's just a given. But what I always love about them is the amount of hooks, blocks, flicks. I mean, how often did, and, and always these skills, these skills are sort of almost sort of taken as a given, but it's the way they execute the skills. Like if they get a hook in, they're getting the hook in absolutely perfect. You're not getting the strike away. You know, some lads will get a hook in, the hurley will be going in maybe at an angle. So even the fellow who's looking to strike the ball, the ball will get a dribble of a strike. If Kilkenny hook you, you, it's fresh air. You know, the way they can get Hurley in to flick the ball away, the accuracy with which they're able to do it. I'd say they're a nightmare to play against. Like, unless you have a two-meter radius around you, you're not getting a clean strike away because they will get a hand in, a flick in. It's just, I, I, like, it's, I think it's a mastery of basic skills. That is the hallmark of every single Kilkenny team. The way they're coached, it's just so consistent so there you're always going to get that from them then you marry that with as we mentioned spirit but the spirit kind of manifests itself really in just they never give up they will always perform when is the last time a Kilkenny team flopped on a big day I don't remember I think you could probably make an argument maybe with the 2019 semi or 2019 final second half but they were down to 14 players they will always perform on the big day they're unbelievable and I think this is going to be a real All-Ireland final now a real one yeah um it's certainly it's looking that way it's very well set up uh I, I don't think Jackie we, we can we, we have to talk a little bit about Claire because um as good as Kilkenny were, and we can give Kilkenny an awful lot of credit for stopping Clare from playing, this was, like like we're talking about a team flopping on the big day, this was unfortunately for Clare a flop and perhaps sort of warning signs against Wexford. And if Wexford had maybe another couple of players on the bench, they, they, they would have won out or, you know, Rory Connor hadn't got injured. Um, so Clare kind of perhaps, you know, the monster final was was kind of the was their all Ireland final, so to speak, and it they they didn't look the same team since, have they? No, and it's important because we are talking about Kenny. You do have to take in context of the challenge that was put up to. Yeah, they were excellent, but you know, Claire just weren't at the pitch for whatever reason the weekend. Um, you know, you would look. Was there so much energy uh, put into the Munster final and extra time that that took it out of them because? The one team that are out there that relies so much on energy, they're uh, they're they're very much a running team from deep, and that requires huge amount of energy. Um, so the physical and the mental maybe hangover from the the monster probably carried uh, into Wexford, and you know we all thought that that was gone, but I'd say it was still very relevant relevant for the weekend. And then the John Conlon thing. Look, when you lose a key player. Um, like like Garrod McInerney for Galway, I'd say that was decision was made pretty soon. That look, Garrod is gone, Joe Cooney's going back, Paul's man is going centre back, and Jason, Flynn, and you can start working around that, familiarise yourself the game plan, the matchups, and all that. I believe he got an injection up in Crow Park, and the decision was made at the eleventh hour because looking from the footage, it looked like he was trying it out on the pitch, and it just wasn't a runner. So it was very late, and of course you do roll the dice with John Conlon, he's too key to kind of rule him out, to give him every opportunity and then there's a selection of Paulie Fitzpatrick, which was a real left of centre one, a guy we haven't seen, I don't know in a year or so, um, especially when you had options in Keane Nolan, maybe Aaron Fitzgerald, you could reshuffle the pack, um, so taking all those into consideration um, I just think that's what was really into this really flat, lethargic 
clear performance that was no way mirrored of their, their form in the round robin. I mean, simple, basic uh, skills that were just executed so poorly. First touch, hand pass going straight, shot selection, the wide count. The wides are, I, I thought the wides were terrible, but these short balls dropping into Owen Murphy five or six times, that just drains the life out. You could hear the groans in the crowd. And you're handing Kenny back the, the possession. And, and one thing I will say about Kenny is they now have the distribution nailed. And when I say nailed, the balance between going long and going short. I could only really think of two occasions across 70-odd minutes where they made the wrong choice. And unfortunately, it was for Paddy Deegan twice where he just made two solo runs down a rabbit hole and just got turned over. So when you're giving a team so efficient and so slick with the ball back so many times, like and not getting uh, Anton Ford, I just think that really killed him as well. And unfortunately for Clare, it's been a really good year, but it'll just leave a really bad ending. Um, whatever about going over having a cut off Kilkenny and coming up short, but it, it just asks the really big question, what happened Clare when they came to Crow Park? Um, and I think it's a combination of all the time. Yeah. Uh, Christy, it was it was, it was was a, a bad ending to the year for E Clare folk, but I guess... I don't know. I know a lot of people after the, the Munster campaign, a lot of Clare folk were saying, maybe they were talking about long grass as well, but expectations outside Clare weren't that high at the start of this year. So you'd have to think with an, another 12 months under his belt managing this team, like Brian Lowen has to see a lot of potential here. The, the age profile is good. So it's a bad end to a year, but overall the year can't, can't be considered a bust by any means, can it? Absolutely not, Mikey. Like it's just, it was just a shame, like that the year I suppose ended the way it did, because you know, like it was it was a brilliant year in so many ways. Like some of the games, like that that day in obviously the Munster final was off the charts stuff, but even that that day in Ennis, um, for the Limerick round robin games, real throwback stuff, just a real unbelievable match, savage stuff. Um, and I think Limerick found out that day, like that, you know, that they couldn't bully or physically overpower clear like they could could so many other teams, um. You know, like, look, at brilliant win against Tip the first day. You know, probably should have beaten Cork by 10 points, really. Only beat them by handful for mm-hmm. a finish. But, um, you know, like, just, you know, so many positives. Like, and I suppose the big thing as well for Clare, Mikey, that probably has been missed a lot is, um, like, Clare haven't won a Munster in a 20 or 21 games since 2015. Now, they were very unlucky this year. Should have beaten Limerick in the first game. Threw it away, really. It's six goal chances didn't take any, you know, Caught by a late um, colony goal, you know, went along in a week later, played Cork down six one bridge. Just the, the confidence wasn't really there to drive on like they had Cork where they wanted them that day, just didn't didn't get over the line. Not even clear at a team good enough to to um to rattle that under twenty, but like it's still another year without without a win. Like when you look at you know, Patrick Crotty was really good during the league, he's off that team. Jim Bean is still under twenty. Like Mark Rogers, a brilliant player, you know, struggling with injury, came back, did well when he came on the last day. Um, you know, Robin Mounsey, under 20 last year, on a team that was well beaten. You know, he he played well in Munster, got five points. Um, Aidan McCarthy. You know, and Aidan McCarthy, like br- brilliant young player who broke his ankle at Christmas time and was a massive loss. Like, you know, like you look, you look at a lot of these clear lads, lads like their Jim at Ryan, you know, like um, all these guys are coming off clear teams, underage teams, or like really well beaten like and that's the key like you know okay Clare haven't had that underage success really good minor team this year and there's going to be a lot of players off that but like you know they're still able to find one or two 
um, every year, which is you know the real secret and massive credit due to by Nolan and his managers, like the, you know they're um, they're able to just bring these guys through and you know I suppose that's the one thing that they have the, the, the physical profile to match up. Like you saw with Galway yesterday, like they do have any habit. You know, I think it's proven out to beat Limerick. You have to be able to physically take them on. You have to be able to just match up, go into the trenches with them. They're able to do that. Um, and obviously, they have Tony. Like, you know, just, you know, he's just an unbelievable player. You know, it just was one of those days for him on Saturday. Then he three possessions, just couldn't get into the game. Free taking was a bit off. Um, and, you know, like Tony is just, he's, that doesn't detract from who he is and what he is. He's just, a, you know, we're and so lucky to have him. Yeah. You know, um, it was, it was it kind of taught, Tony's like his playing early just summed it up like just no matter what he tried, they couldn't get away from Mikey Butler. There was a few times as well, if you look at look at it again, where long balls were breaking and he was just the wrong side of the break or the ball might have got behind and Mikey Butler was quick to react and it was a defender's ball. Um and just so so much of that stuff like but the biggest thing I suppose for Claire really was on Saturday, Mikey was their their use to possession was poor. Um, like in the first half, like they turned over the ball 25 times. Like I think in the second half, in, in the whole Wexford game, that and Oz, they were only turned it over 27 times. Like got, he kind of got one ten off turnovers in the first half. Um, and that was really, I suppose there was, a, there was an incident later on where um, David, David Fitzgerald had a chance, really good save by Owen Murphy. Ball came straight back up the pitch, TJ had it over the bar. Like there were four goal chances in the game. Kenny got one, two off those turnovers. Like even the Kenny's first goal from Mossy Keown. Peter Logan had a chance below within 30 seconds. He was in the net at the other end. Um, and yeah, look, it just like so many players that's just blown over us. Um, just couldn't get into the game. Couldn't get into clear forwards in Irish Hanner. 23 possessions in the first half. Just couldn't get their hands on the ball. Um, and look, a lot of that is down to Kenny's yeah. man and the heat they put on. But look, I think that just the bottom line, lads, and it's not an excuse. Clear boys won't make excuses, but... Physically and mentally, they just never seem to recover from the Munster final. Like you know, I think it's just their numbers, their you know their the running numbers, all of that stuff. I think was through the roof. It was took them so long to recover after the, the Munster final before the Wexford game. You know, because struggled to get right for Wexford, got right. You know, you know there was going to be a lot of optimism and confidence. We we'll go back to Cork Park and we won the, the Wexford game in the ideal manner. Dug it out after not playing well. But you know, look at the, you. You go back to the Leinster final, like you know, I know it was a tough game, like, but there's no way, like, when you look at what the energy Kenny expended that day compared to what they expended the following day, like going to 90 minutes, and that's not taken from Kenny's performance in the Leinster final. Like they, they dug it out as well. They physically manned up, like, but you could you could have said like with with, with that Leinster final, Kenny could have trained Tuesday night. They obviously had an extra day. Like I don't know, win clear train probably won't able to train to the following weekend if they're ready to do anything. Yeah. Um, after that 90-minute epic, yeah. so all of this stuff feeds in, and you just don't know that these guys are amateur players. Mm. Like you know, what mentally, what did that Limerick game take out of them? So mm. just a shame. Yeah. A I think the glass glass definitely have full though, Christy. I mean, like they, they, they have. They weren't many people's favourites to even get out of Munster before the Munster round robin began. They finished top of the group. Uh, played out an epic all, uh, Munster final, went toe to toe with Limerick on three on three occasions across league and championship, and you know were more than a match on uh, on each occasion. And um, 
they've as as Christy pointed out, they've found a couple of players. They're getting the ones and twos. The panel looks like there's a really good unity of spirit and unity of purpose as well. Just hope that Brian Lowen stays on. I know he wasn't well after the game actually on Saturday. I think he had a, a he had a bit of an issue with his back. Um, but um, no, so that's he, why he didn't do any media. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he, I think yeah, he was in a lot of pain. He's struggling with it, Rory. I think for the last yeah, while, yeah, like, yeah. Like um, he was in a lot of pain, poor fella. But um. Like I think they like there's a change I think in terms of the administration down there, which will probably bring a freshness, no doubt. Yeah. The footballers have had a good year. I think there's loads of really good positivity around Claire GA right across the board. It's just about building on it now and yeah. taking that on into 2023. Um, just a final word on this game, then I, I think has to go to you, Jackie. I would imagine Tony Kelly on the bus heading down uh, the M7 would be looking out the window to make sure that Mikey Butler wasn't clinging on to the side <laughs> of it. Um, as a as as one of his predecessors, just a uh, a word on it because it was it was just it was an astonishing uh, display of like selfless defending. It was unbelievable, and the, the thing I really liked about him, like when I when I marked, you know, our Corbett and a few other lads, when we had the ball, I had no interest in being available for that. And I just stayed with Lar. Mikey was looking for the ball and was up in the far right hand corner one stage and had a shot for a point that wasn't really too far off and going over. So. He's happy. He's comfortable in those positions. He'll move. He'll look for the ball again. So he's it. It's 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 some it's some some uh, army to have that you have Mikey Butler there who who just to kind of shut down cornerback like it was Cotton Mannion. It was Tony Kelly. And look, you have to take that in context. Like this is a really good cornerback. You know, everyone's like Tony. You know, it just wasn't his day. Wasn't a day for a, a lot of it because Mikey Butler just didn't allow it to be his day. Um, you know, so and it's great. And I do I think that Mikey Butler could be picking up maybe a Peter Casey or maybe Seamus Hanley. I do think they'll roll the dice for Hugh, Hugh Lawler on, on Galan. Um, and there's going to be some serious matchups there. But his he's, he's discipline to sacrifice his game and sacrifice the ball when, when he was in that defensive mindset was outstanding. And there were some really good examples of high balls going in because Tony Kelly is brilliant at hitting the drop zone and picking that break and over the bar. And Mikey was, he had, because it's very hard to watch the ball and watch where the run is going. And I just thought he did it marvellously and was just so, so, so good. For a guy in his first year, um, it's really a marvellous, marvellous performance. Again, another one. And throughout the league, he did it on Desi Hutchinson and, and various other top forwards. So anytime he goes out, he just seems to be able to get the best of himself and take out the, the, the top forwards of the game. Yeah, just some lads are just suited to eating raw meat and living in a tent in Northern Park for a weekend. It just you know, just brings them on. Um, finally, before we go, Rory, um, Cork obviously on the lookout for new manager. Karen Kingston decided to turn down the the offer of another year. Where do they go now? So it's a, it's a big question, and it's a it's a really <clears throat> important appointment. Obviously, there's a. There is talent coming through, and they have Cork have had some good successes over the last few years at under twenty and minor level, and there's there's plenty of players coming through for whoever ends up in the hot seat. So that's why I think it is important. There's a couple of obvious candidates already in train, which would be the likes of Pat Mulcahy and um, um, Noel Furlong, who are in with Kieran this year and have a track record, we'll say already at the underage level. But I think there will be a few others that will be mentioned. It won't be outside that you so you can rule that. Heaven out. forbid. Yeah, yeah, that won't, that won't, that won't, that won't be happening. Yeah, that won't I, I don't happening. know about that, Rory. I, I don't. I don't know about that. Like, um, yeah. 
like to me, like the, the one guy you left out there is obvious choice, Pat Ryan. Pat Ryan is Pat Ryan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, no, I was got like I was actually going to mention no, no, but I, I don't I like. I mean, Pat would have. I think Pat was nearly in for the Waterford job at one stage, and yeah. I don't know was was did he was he unwell for a while then, or you know, look, I think he'd be a, an outstanding choice, an outstanding candidate. I think um, Ben O'Connor will probably his name might feature. He obviously won a county title with Middleton last year, so there there are there are there are enough candidates in and around Cork. I'd, what I would hope, though, is that they'd make the decision and get the get the appointment done quickly, because you do have to remember, like, see, you've a year. Like, if you can get somebody in, he's got a year to plan, like, effectively ten months before you're playing serious intercounty hurling again. So that's a long time. So if you get the guy in quickly, you can do a lot in a year. Yeah, Chris, obviously you, you were you were in with, with Karen there for a couple of years in a in a coaching capacity. Um, it's seen from the outside, you, you like. It's seen from everywhere. It, it's a huge job. It's one of the biggest jobs in Ireland. But at the same time, there hasn't been a lot of success. And with every year that there isn't success, the pressure ratchets up. And people coming into this job will neither expect nor be given a hell of a lot of time to kind of find their feet, will they? Yeah, no, very true. Like it's, it's, it's a massive job. Like it's um, you know, it's, it's only when you get on there you actually realise like this, the scale of the county and you know the talent they have potential they have and look at their, their they have underachieved big time you know i think it's important to acknowledge kieran you know like he was so mm-hmm. good to me down there um you know really appreciating asking me to get on board um and even like you know i think at times people realize or, or don't realize what what goes into it and it's only when you're actually in the setup that you realize how much of a commitment it is like i remember we were on the train home after the um the limerick game last year which was obviously a disaster um you know, was he was sitting beside me like and he said that you know, he, he had in time between trying to sort out stuff in the dressing room and the media and he said he didn't he had didn't have time to have a shower, didn't have time to eat. Um, you know, been up early that morning. Obviously we had food beforehand, but you know, and he said I think it was like he said to me that it was like it was like fifty hours a week he put in outside of his own job. Like that's just and, and then you get an absolute whipping from Limerick and you know, you're the worst in the world and you're all useless and you haven't a clue like and 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 you know he takes that anywhere back again this year and, and put his neck on the block and uh, very very popular with the players you know um, absolutely loves Cork Ireland passionate hurling man passionate Cork man um, you know and he, he you know I think that that's the most important thing Mike I'd like to get across like is it okay there's, there's only one one man can win one person win the All Ireland one manager can win the All Ireland in the, the year you know, does that mean Boyd Owen has done a bad job does that mean you know Henry Sheffield has done a poor job like you know. Okay, Cork would obviously have should have done better, or the likes of you know would feel that should be doing a lot better. But I think it's important that you acknowledge like what the human side of it at the end of all this, like that you know look look at what Kieran has done for Cork, look at what he's put into it. Okay, somebody mightn't agree with what he's done or how he's gone about it or the results of some of the players he's picked, but like you know we it's so easy to forget you know what these people put into it and what. How much of a toll it takes on their lives, and mm-hmm. you know the 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 the, uh, the abuse and the, the criticism that comes with it. You you know well you sign up for, it. but I think it's only probably when you're in it, Mikey, that you realise, geez, this is this is off the charts stuff. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. this is all amateur stuff. Like there's nobody on a on a contract here with Real Madrid. Like no, yeah. one of the like, here is going to get a there, off like there, Mourinho. There certainly is. There, cer- there certainly isn't in Cork anyway, Christy. That's uh, for sure. Chris, you, you don't <laughs> seem so. You don't seem so sure that they wouldn't go outside, do you? Do you think there's a possibility? Well, I, 
I think, look at this, there's a couple of things for me on this one, right? Like, okay, um, Rory mentioned the lads there, Ben O'Connor, Lois Forlong, Pat McKay, all great fellas. To me, like Pat Ryan, no, Pat, Pat, he's had issues with his health, but Pat is an incredible guy. Um, brilliant fella. Uh, so knowledgeable. Has a huge success with these under 20. He's created a huge culture there. Like if, if Pat wants the job, I don't know if he wants it. I've been talking lately. He wants the job. To me, he's the only candidate. Yeah. Now, if he doesn't want it, like, do they go to do um, Cork say? Now, I know that they invited applications from outside the county for the football job football. last year. Now, um, you know, the, the hurling thing is different, Rory, and that there's a much more deeper emotional connection. Would they go outside? No, but no, like, they won't. No. I, I don't know, though. Like, like, is it time now to say, right, look at that. It's another year around on Ireland. If Pat Ryan isn't going to take the job, do we go for a guy who's done it before? Liam Sheedy, me all guys that have proven track record that have um could come in with a clean slate. You know, to me, like a lot of the time it's, it's kind of cork is white for an outsider. And like I would have maybe even felt it myself at times like that. It does give you a strength as a coach, like you know, you're you don't know any of these players, you don't know um you know that is true. Yeah. no historical yeah. connection. Like you know, Liam Sheedy, obviously Liam Sheedy or me have done it because they look at the status and the Street they have like guys that have done it. Um, well, I, so I, 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 I would the job, Lord, yeah, but, yeah. But like, I, I wouldn't like say it's, it's worth considering, yeah. No, no, it is worth considering, but I just don't, I wouldn't see it happening. I wouldn't ever, ever see it happening in hurling. I would, I, that's not to say that I'm against it, but I just don't see it happening in hurling. I think it would absolutely be something that I'd encourage definitely in a football sense, and I could see it happening there. But then from a hurling point of view, but, but why why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you see it happen? I'm not so sure if the right? I'm not so sure if the clubs would would accept it. I think you'd have a, you'd actually have a problem in getting that ratified at the county board I, at level. I really do. But, but do Chris, you, you when his cork lilt comes in, he's being okay. very serious. Yeah, I think I think I think, I think the clubs would, would would be quite annoyed if I do. I, I there's a lot of old fashioned people still turning up to these county board meetings. There's a lot of traditional heads, whether the Glen, the Bars, the Rockies. I'm not so sure that particular person is going to accept somebody coming in from the outside in a hurling context. I just don't see it. But I mean, look, I who knows? I could be wrong. Mm. Jackie, you would, it wouldn't. Is that the tradition lads that they need to look at? Like, you know, yeah. if Pat Ryan isn't going to take the job, is that like, you know, they're gone, what knows? So, five well, winning all Ireland. Mm. Is it time mm. to just look at something different? Yeah, yeah. possibly. Ja Jackie, you come from a county where, well, you don't need a manager, you have one in perpetuity. <laughs> but it wouldn't, it probably wouldn't be countenance in Kilkenny either. It wouldn't be considered an outside manager, would it? No, it wouldn't. It'd be very much kind of like what Rory's saying. It'd be circle the wagons, keep it in-house. And look, we've talent within the county and we've a good few members who've, you know, dipped their toe into management already. So, you know. Your export managers. A Kilkenny man could go in and manage Cork. That'd be no better, would it, Rory? That's well, a short spin. It's a short spin, though. <laughs> uh, there's the suggestion. You can raise that at the next county board meeting. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, send out, we'll send out a spire or two. They can we, feed back in. Yeah, we'd end up in the Joe McDonough within two years. <laughs> <or six hours. laughs> All right. Um, that's it. Uh, I think we'll leave it at that. Um, myself and Roy will be back on Thursday, obviously, to preview the All Ireland football semi finals. So I'll say thank you to Jackie and to Christy. And we will chat to you then. Good luck. From this, how much longer will the referee by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it! It's over the bar! Oh! Holy balls!